0: Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host. Drummer and outdoor
1: expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon, and excited about today's show, I've got Mr. Don King co hosting with me today. Hey, Jason, thanks for the invite. Yeah, Don, uh, like we said last week, he's becoming a regular. I'm just going to call him our official co host for Tennessee Wildcast. How's that? <laughs> until further notice. Yeah, yeah until yeah. further notice. We don't want to replace you too quick. Yeah. Um, got Mr. Joy Bell with us today He's uh, the Tennessee chair, state chair For Backcountry Hunters and Anglers uh, Organization, group Yep,
2: that's it I'm glad to be here, Jason Appreciate so, uh, you having
1: me We're glad he's here We're going to talk about public hunting Public access, public uh, fishing and, and everything public today Stuff we are all about <laughs> yeah. At the agency, for yeah. sure Getting outside So, uh, before we jump into all that We're going to hit some current events Um spring turkey season's rolling around yeah we'll be here before you know it
2: march 30 i can't wait i'd rather do i'd rather turkey hunt than absolutely anything uh to do i remember
1: Uh, you saying that now that we when we talked a couple weeks ago that was one of your favorite things to do uh we got some pictures to show today he's killed a few deer on some public property here uh cheat him cheat him wma actually and did some squirrel hunting but it's time to get a turkey
2: Uh, i'm telling you uh, i'd rather turkey hunt than anything (laughs) I could do a whole episode, you know. We could do our whole thirty minutes about turkey hunting, as <laughs> I'm concerned, and save BHA for maybe next week
1: or something. Well, maybe we'll bring you back for a turkey show. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, so anyway, check your hunting guide, page thirty nine. That's the uh, it's still good, still current. Oh yeah, as far as twenty nineteen uh, spring turkey hunting. So check that guide. Uh, young sportsman hunt starts on uh, March twenty third and twenty fourth. That's a great weekend to get the young guys out there, and then the, um, the season fires up for adults on march 30th through may 12th and you're allowed one bird per day one bearded bird per day not to exceed four per per the season and uh there's also a lot of opportunities to hunt turkey on wma oh yeah so make sure you check those regs uh certain wmas may have bonus birds and some of them may be quota hunts uh so just check your uh, your hunting guide and i was going to talk about that later but we'll go ahead and shout, shout out those page numbers 42 and 43 all your wma and hunting area information's out there on those pages um speaking of guides go ahead hey we have a new guide fishing guide has just
0: come out uh got delivered this past week and uh so anyway be sure and stop by pick one up of course all the information that's uh that is in here is included in the app as well but Mm -hmm. uh but you know it's always nice to have that hard copy you can take with you and read and study up on And uh, a lot of good information in this fishing guide And uh, invite you every, everybody to stop by and pick one up Wherever you buy your license Or uh, buy your bait and tackle That kind of thing
1: Yeah, yeah. pick up that hard copy uh, Or you can visit the app uh, The new app is out We've highlighted that a couple of weeks And uh, we're going to continue to talk about the new app It's out there and available uh, for download free On the Apple iTunes store or the Android store Google Play, I guess you would say and uh, it's got a lot of a lot of great features uh, finding places to hunt purchase mm-hmm. your license all that kind of stuff you can get the guides you know look at the guides on there but uh, but Joyce said uh, he enjoys that app as well yeah
2: absolutely um, it's super handy carry it around in your pocket like you said keep your licenses in there and one thing I really like about it I can go in there and just search for a WMA and I don't have to flip through the whole you know, physical hunting guide to find the WMA I want to find. And I can just click on it, click the specific regulations for that WMA, and it's right there and ready to go. And it was really handy for me uh, applying for quota hunts and especially the turkey season, these turkey quota hunts that we've had. Uh, A few of them were out in East Tennessee. It's just Country I'm not familiar with, right, so I didn't know anything right. about them. hadn't heard of several of them, so uh, it was just super easy to find information. about And it them.
0: can get a little complicated when you're when you're looking at public lands like the WMAs. You know, you're you're uh, sometimes there's specific things they have to manage for, mm-hmm. and the the uh, land managers there do an awesome job taking care of those properties. And and it, it sometimes it gets kind of personal because they they know what they're. Their property, their surroundings, and and all need in order to manage it properly for the best uh, take for hunters and and also mm-hmm. so that is good to be able to go to that app and just search what you need as opposed to going through the charts and the guide can be a little <laughs> yeah
2: I like it uh, I like it too uh, talking about the the managers uh, their contact information is in there So yeah. yeah there's been a few times I've called those guys and just. The, a lot of them will tell you almost anything. I mean, aside from here's a GPS coordinate where a dude killed a deer, you know, last year. But uh, yeah, uh, it's just super handy information that they have that you can't find anywhere else. Those and guys
1: know that property well. Oh you man, know, yeah. You know, on
2: some occasions, they live there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's just the best information you can have. Aside from somebody like, aside from your buddy going out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. I love it.
1: Uh, one other thing before we get into the meat of the topics today uh, I wanted to hit the uh, fishing guy Or the boating courses The boating courses are, are out there online TNWildlife.org uh, Just go to the homepage, Click boating at the top of the page I'm going to show you how to do that if you're watching Hey, thanks for watching on Facebook, by the way If you're watching out there And also thanks for watching on YouTube TWRTV, TV All those fun places And also thanks for listening, right?
0: Yeah, exactly <laughs> We love our radio our, stations Our radio stations we, we appreciate our radio partners for Carrying the show, and uh, appreciate from week to week our listeners tuning in. So, thank you, and support the support the folks that are are uh, sponsoring uh, these segments on the various stations yeah, too. It's yeah. uh, it's great that uh, the local. The local radio stations Can go out And find sponsors That make sense You know That, that are mm-hmm. supporting Our mission And uh, we like to For them The
1: sportsmen To turn around And help support them As well Help them as well Yep yeah. So if you want To look for Boating bo, uh, boating education information Go to org. Click the boating tab At the top uh, Under boating education In Tennessee You can click uh, The exam locations Button right there It'll pop up Another page some FAQ, kind of a how-to kind of questions here. But then under that, you've got your West Tennessee, your Middle Tennessee, your Cumberland Plateau, and your East Tennessee uh, boating courses that are happening. Uh, make sure you get that permit, Type 600. Type 600. It's about 10 bucks, mm-hmm. And uh,
0: anybody born after January 1st, 1989, needs that
1: certification in order to operate a powered boat on Tennessee waters. Okay. There you heard it. So... Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of these courses being popped up on the website here lately. A lot of classes are opening up. Uh, it's going to be time to get on the water before too long. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you check that out. All right. Well, let's meet. Uh, let's meet Mr. Joey Bale. He's um, like we said earlier. He's with the Backpack Backpack Backcountry Hunters <laughs> and Anglers, and uh, and he's going to tell us about uh, about that organization but first let's just learn a little bit about joy what uh how'd you get introduced to the outdoors what got you into hunting and fishing and all that good stuff so
2: i grew up on a farm in hickman county <clears throat> excuse me which is about an hour southwest of nashville here uh-huh. uh my father was a full-time farmer you know my mother worked at the levi's plant in town and i got introduced to hunting through my father like most of most everybody and i spent oddly enough you know i'm i'm a part of a public lands advocacy group now but I did 99.9 percent of my hunting on private land growing up Uh and it was just I just never had a second thought about public land hunting but I grew up deer hunting and turkey hunting squirrel hunting and everything else and uh, probably the the 0.1 percent hunting that I did on public ground was on the duck river floating you know floating for ducks Uh Um, but uh, that's how I got introduced to the outdoors Uh, did a lot of fishing and stuff on duck river as well and uh, went to college, kind of moved away for four or five years, and uh, came back, and it kind of just rekindled my my passion for the outdoors because I had so much access to familiar ground. And right. I could go back to my farm and hunt uh, all the time that I wanted to. And it wasn't long after I moved back that I heard about Backcountry Hunters and Anglers through a podcast I was listening to, it was, uh-huh. uh, the Meat Eater podcast with Stephen Ranella. And I just they were just kind of talking about it and talking about what they stood for, and I just kind of clicked i was like man i really enjoy this i had always been a part of nwtf and uh most recently the rocky mountain elk foundation Uh and the difference between those guys and bha is nwtf is focused on wild turkeys you know rocky mountain elk elk Elk, you got ducks unlimited you got all these species specific conservation organizations that have done fantastic work for, for decades right uh bha is different in that it's not species specific. It focuses mostly on the entire ecosystem and that ecosystem being some of the most pristine being found on public lands. Mm-hmm. So it was about, you know, and I think in the mid 2000s, there were some guys gathered around a campfire, which, you know, a lot of great ideas are, you know, <laughs> kind of conjured up around there yeah. and uh, they just had this idea there's was like, we don't really have an organization focused on hunting and fishing access on public lands. So they started b h a and you know well over a decade later, we've got over thirty thousand members now, I think, and we're shooting for fifty thousand wow and so we're the I think we're the fastest growing conservation organization in the country mm. so uh we've got i think let me see my notes here twenty seven yeah. u s chapters and growing, uh-huh. and then we also have two Canadian chapters in Alberta and British Columbia. So it's growing and growing. Uh, we have our own southeast chapter, which encompasses uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana. And in the future, some of those states might break off and form their own chapters as our, as our membership grows. Uh-huh. Um, we are a nonprofit uh, all of our funding comes from, you know, grants, uh, events that we put on for fundraising, uh, membership drives, donations from, you know, various companies or members, and also sponsorships with uh, pe- with companies in the outdoor community. Mm. Um, most of that funding goes toward uh, things like – a big thing in the West is OHV uh, signage, you know, where it's illegal to have OHV, you know, vehicles mm-hmm. out yeah. on a public property a lot of that funding goes to things like that. Also, education with, uh, you know, like, Louisiana water access. Uh, this is, I'm going to focus now on a couple things in the southeast. Sure. Most of the issues we have in the southeast are are different from the public issues that they have out west. You know, out west, you have these big, vast areas of public land, which can easily be, you know, maybe either the federal federal lands can be transferred to the state, and they're at risk of being sold off at that point. Grazing rights and grazing all those kinds rights. of things
0: come into play. Then don't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of land issues out there. Most of our issues in the southeast focus around water access issues because we, like I said, we don't have the vast expanses of mm-hmm. huge public lands that they do. So we've been dealing a lot with uh, Louisiana uh, uh, access issues, like in the bayous and in the mm-hmm. salt, you know, just saltwater access. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some oil companies that have came in there bought property and it basically blocked off passable waterways mm. and they think that's theirs when it's really not there's nothing separating their waterway from the gulf of mexico right so we've been uh, dealing with issues there uh we also put funding towards a cwd uh education and a couple of our guys in mississippi are kind of getting the ball rolling there for the southeast and uh, i hope to kind of start that in tennessee as well um, we've also got an issue in Mississippi with the Pearl River. Uh, they're wanting to dam that river and it'll affect the ecosystem below and above that dam. And, uh, a lot of other different things. Uh, we here kind of local, we've got a guy down in Chattanooga working with, uh, the national forest there at Cherokee and a couple of local TWR agents to do some national forest cleanups and uh-huh. things like that. So we, uh, we stay busy and I think, you it know, public, like yeah. public land issues there, it's always going to be. You know they're always going to be there, and uh, we're the voice to you know to help combat some of those issues. Well, that's
1: good. So y'all are doing events and things here in Middle Tennessee and and Tennessee and, Tennessee in general just to raise funds for for all that kind of stuff. And and I guess it goes to the to the national efforts, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the chapter gets a portion of those you know funds that we raise, and that helps us put on events here locally. And then uh, another portion of that goes towards you know the national headquarters. So okay. yeah,
0: yeah. Describe to me what. What the typical event would be like if if I came to one? Generally.
2: Yeah, so we have uh, we have a lot of things called uh, the most simple ones are called pint nights, and that's just where we just have a gathering of like minded individuals. Uh-huh. You know, say here in Nashville, and just come and hang out, and we have merchandise to sell, and we just swap hunt you know swap hunting and fishing stories uh-huh. and lies and everything else, <laughs> and a couple of the very uh, the very generous individuals share a waypoint or two you know, you know where where they've been and had yeah. success and. Uh, it's just you know a general hangout session, and uh-huh. that's more toward that's more to just gain interest and maybe you know get another membership or two here or there. That's very simple. Uh, we also have uh, what we call storytelling events, which is where we have some you know some quote unquote well known people in the industry or in our region uh-huh. just come and kind of speak and tell. their st- stories from public land you know adventures of past uh damon bungard is one he uh he's a rep for jackson kayak and orion coolers you know Mm -hmm. he lives in he lives in tennessee so he's been to a couple of events we also have uh kevin murphy who has came to a couple of events from a meat eater if you've ever watched that show he's the you know the world's greatest small game hunter and so he's always a he always draws a crowd because he's a <laughs> super interesting individual and then we've got a couple other guys even our boor- our own board members for the southeast they come and just they've been out west and they've had a lot of experience in the back country or just in doing anything and uh-huh. they have a lot of stories to share so we can we'll we'll get anybody that has a story at, okay. at some of those Neat. so cool
1: yeah sounds like a lot of fun i'll have to try to come out to one of those sometimes yeah um Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about some public lands around here in Middle Tennessee, some that you've maybe hunted on, some of your success stories, and some of the false things you might hear, overcrowding quality, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, I talk, talking to you, you know, we can tell you really love to hunt, le- love to be on these public properties and mm-hmm. have had su- some success, and we'll show some photos of that. But uh, talk to us about what, what you've seen on our public lands here in Tennessee and, and how you've enjoyed them or some things you've faced.
2: Well, I think, uh, yeah, some of the myths are – you know, even I heard these myths and I believed them growing up because like I said earlier, I spent most of my time on private land. So you didn't have to worry about it too. I much. didn't have to worry about it. I drove by same way. I drove by public land. Uh, I drove by the MTSU WMA uh, in Hickman County to go to my hunting spot. Uh-huh. You know, I drove right by it and saw all those trucks sitting there and I was like, Well, you know, see ya, I'm gonna go sit in my deer stand <laughs> yeah. all alone on my three hundred acres. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I didn't have to worry about it. But once I when I moved back to Tennessee, when I moved away after college and I started hunting a little more on public land, I was like, you know what? This isn't bad. I don't know why people are scared to come out here. Yeah. You'll see a couple trucks here and there, but once you get your boots on and you get down in some of these places deep enough, you almost have the place to yourself. Oh yeah. And, uh, I may be giving away a few secrets, <laughs> but, uh, if you get in, if you get in deep enough, like I said, you do have some places to yourself, and uh, I killed my first public land buck uh, on Cheatham WMA this past year. Uh-huh. And is that it? That that sure is it. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it was eight point, and um, I had never you know really done much public land deer hunting. Um, but I kind of studied some topo maps and I got some information from the land manager there and kind of putting a couple things together, studying a lot of, uh, satellite imagery maps. I use uh OnX maps a lot. And so that really helped me out. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of picked out some terrain features and I didn't really scout this area much. I'd been out there turkey hunting the past spring. And so I didn't have a real good memory of what everything looked like, but uh-huh. I just basically, okay, well, here's a main road that goes through the property. I can get out at least a mile on whatever side and pick out a couple of train points and just try my luck. And so on the second day, I set up in just a little sharp saddle a mile or so off the road on this ridge and I had deer activity all morning. Oh I, man. I sat on the ground. I took <laughs> I actually took my turkey hunting chair and I just set it on the ground and I got there a couple hours before daylight and I could hear deer running around all over the place <laughs> and I was like, "Man, this is this is awesome. It was the most fun deer hunt I'd ever been on." And once it got daylight, I kind of had to switch had to switch positions because I couldn't see at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning where I was. Yeah, And so I switched positions and got a little closer to, or got in the position where I needed to be to get a better shot. And I had a couple bucks running does by me, and I couldn't get them to stop for absolutely anything. I was hollering at them, and they didn't pay me no mind because they, yeah. they had their mind on other things. Other things, yeah. Um, but uh, about 8.30, kind of just heard some just rustling through the leaves, and I kind of just eased over my left shoulder and looked and – this uh, eight point just feeding on acorns like through the woods, and I I put a put a bullet right through his lungs, and he dropped right there. And uh, yeah, that's when the that's when the real work began. <laughs> so you yeah, know, being, it's kind of
1: cool. You packed it out here.
2: Uh, yeah, being a being a mile or so away from the truck, I didn't want to carry a game cart or one of those things. I didn't want to have to drag. I wasn't going to drag that thing out for sure. So. I, I had learned through BHA and some members that had been out west uh-huh. about just, you know, packing the animal out. I was like, well, that's that's a lot better than dragging and killing old myself, old you old know. Oh, man, yeah. So I quartered him out and uh, dressed him there in the field, and I had some game bags, and I got a pack uh, from uh, – I'll, I'll do a shameless plug for Life View Outdoors. They give 10% off uh, uh, for BHA members there here in Nashville. So awesome. I got my pack from there, and I was able to haul him out and uh, – Basically all I had to do when I got him home was just, you know, quarter up the meat and uh, put it in the freezer. And it, I did a lot of the work out in the field. Yeah. That's so, awesome. And it that's made for awesome. made for a really good story. And I, he was a fat he was a fat little deer, but I think he weighed about eight hundred pounds by the time I got back to the truck. <laughs> 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 uh, that's,
1: funny. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so yeah Public hunting land Hunting on public lands Can be fun I mean it's mm-hmm. It's not It's not overcrowded Most of the time And the quality's there uh, mm-hmm. Like I said Cheatham Showing some Some great deer Out there this year um, Oak Ridge is doing work To improve their mm-hmm. Their deer out there President's Island I was going to mention this Later but President's Island Out in West Tennessee mm-hmm. Growing some big deer
2: Yeah I've always heard President's Island Was a, was just a, a Destination for uh-huh. You know Tennessee deer hunters Place to be Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's opportunities all across the state to
1: to uh, harvest a big deer, and, and and not only deer, but the squirrel hunting and the mm-hmm. rabbit hunting and and the uh, turkey hunting, uh, and then like Cocker uh, Bottoms. I was going to mention this. Cocker Bottoms has some great quail habitat. They're doing great mm-hmm. work out there for quail. Yeah. Um, so there's opportunities all across the state to just uh, to hunt any type of species, mm-hmm. and then fishing opportunities as well. A lot of these WMAs, like you said, are, are landlocked by water and water mm-hmm. access and. A lot of the water right there is great for fishing.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a little bit of turkey hunting with the canoe uh this past spring on uh, down at Yanali WMA and there was a couple of spots there that were landlocked with private land and the only access was from the river. Uh-huh. So just launch a canoe, float down and you hunt an area and I didn't I didn't see one footprint or anything while I was there. <laughs> it was great. And uh but you just don't think about that, unless you you can get on the the TWRA app, right? And you can find some of those properties, and then I couple that with my OnX Maps, which shows a private property boundaries and everything like that. So if you don't have a way to access the property from the water, you can at least knock on a door or two and yeah. get access, maybe uh-huh. just walk through. Yeah. So and I've had that
1: happen happen to me before. Just just ask for permission. A lot of these farmers, a lot of these landowners don't mind. Uh, Trying to get to a little fishing spot, and -hmm. and they were fine with it, you know. Something about a face to face, too. They can Mm -hmm. kind of size you up and say, Yeah, I think I could trust
0: you, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know what I mean? That makes a big difference, I Mm -hmm. think.
1: Um, One thing I wanted to hit on, too, was uh, just we have over 100 WMAs combined. uh, And on page, uh, I think it's page 42 and 43, I mentioned this (laughs) earlier, but you can go check that out in the hunting guide. Um, All the regulations. The differences between uh, public hunting areas and WMAs is all right there on page forty-two, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where all the the listings start. Um, but uh, they range from fifty-three acres to six hundred and twenty-five thousand acres. So, wow. uh, there's some big pieces of property out there. Like you said, you can get yourself lost out there. Oh, you literally. Sure can. So it's good to have those maps. Uh, good to check those check those maps and uh, mark your GPS coordinates and get you a GPS if you have to and uh, can be fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I noticed,
1: Jason, you had a note
0: down here to ask Joey about the uh, uh, Farm Bill and if it comes oh, yeah. into play in, mm-hmm. in, these, in his endeavors with BHA.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Farm Bill, the Farm Bill is something that affects everybody, especially if you're involved with the outdoors or conservation of any kind. Right. What the Farm Bill does is uh, it provides funding for public access on private ground. Uh, it also provides habitat management on public ground. Uh, it, uh, it funds our CRP programs, which a lot of people in the state might be familiar with. You know, I was trying to get, uh, I was in the process of getting my farm, uh, in the CRP program. So that all comes from the farm bill and also a forest restoration. Mm-hmm. So all, all kinds of habitat restoration and maintenance comes from the farm bill and that that affects everybody even if you're a private landowner, you know if you want to go to crp route and help out there or if you're just a public land user and uh just do all your recreating on public lands right you you can thank the farm bill from that and uh another program uh, i have here in my notes uh, is a, another big deal for us is a LWCF, the Land and Water Conservation Fund. It takes taxes from the oil industry, and it funds conservation projects. Uh-huh. And that's zero money out of any taxpayer's pocket, and it's coming straight from the oil industry, and we're putting it to good use. So, And another thing I found out that was pretty cool, almost every county in the United States has a lwcf funded project in it Hmm. and i looked back and even my uh my old hickman county stomping grounds it has a lwcf project from back when but i just thought that was cool every almost every county in the in the country has a lwcf project yeah it also um um it funds some land acquisition projects you know maybe a piece of property that's not public before you know, it can be bought and turned into public ground that's maybe uh-huh. bordering a larger WMA or a larger, you know, other public piece, mm-hmm. and um, it also provides uh, funding for easements for access to public ground. So, like we were talking about earlier, you know, knocking on the door and getting access to a public piece of property through somebody else's property, an LWCF uh, project could come along and and fund access to that public sure. property through the through the private property. Sure, and you know, the landowner would get a cut. Like, hey. You just let us, you know, walk through walk through your backyard or something like that to get on here. You know, here's your check. Yeah. So that's something that LWCF comes from, and uh, another couple another couple of programs that some people may not know about, and I was surprised that very few people knew about was just Pittman Robertson mm-hmm. and Dingle Johnson, uh-huh. and that's kind of another few things that uh, BHA kind of they use our funds to educate people. Uh, growing up, I'd never heard of Pittman Robertson, I'd never heard of Dingle Johnson or LWCF or any of these other things. So one of the things we just try to educate people on are the programs that are there to benefit people of the outdoors and all of us. Right. So, you know, the Pittman-Robertson and Dingle johnson as, you know, uh, as we know, it's sitting in this room. It takes taxes from firearm and outdoor uh, equipment sales and mm-hmm. fishing equipment and marine equipment. And it puts it into a fund and it gets doled out to the states to, you know, for habitat conservation projects.
0: The important part of that is that uh, it's based, that apportionment is based on how many hunters and anglers we have in our state. Mm -hmm. And the the only way to tell are the folks who buy licenses. So Mm -hmm. it's so important, even for folks who don't, don't call themselves a hunter or a fisherman mm-hmm. would uh, you know if they can buy an 01 license that just is a huge contribution to these efforts you're talking about yeah you know, absolutely we'll get, we'll get the federal dollars coming back in so it's like mm-hmm. you triple your money you know that yeah. that that license that costs 34 bucks is a great we always say a great investment in tennessee's wildlife future and yeah uh, absolutely helps us uh, uh, acquire a lot of those other funds that are so important mm-hmm. yep
1: well, Joe, it's been fun, and we forgot to show this picture. Let's show this. Oh man, you get out west every now and again. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. The, yeah, real quick. Uh, another thing that BHA opened me up to was uh, hunting out west, and how easy it was to go out west. So we might could do another episode on that later because I I got a I got a Miriam's turkey hunt planned uh, in April, and I'm I just got drawn for a cow elk tag yesterday uh, right. in Wyoming. So right. I got a couple western hunts planned. But Maybe uh, we could
1: do a remote show in Wyoming. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think that, Come that would on. be
2: good. Come on out, <laughs> Todd. Pack it up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Well, and here's some links. Let's make sure we show these. Website, uh, backcountryhunters.org. The Southeast Chapter links are there. Uh, And you can also get to those on that main site. Their Facebook pages, their Instagram pages, they're all there. Uh, But go check those out and uh, give BHA a little love and go check them out and maybe become a member and, and help preserve public and... Uh, Public fishing and hunting opportunities Yeah
2: Absolutely If uh, Real quick uh, If you sign up for a member For membership on BHA Use the promo code Meateater You'll get a free Public landowner t-shirt Which is You know The same cost of the t-shirt And the membership So right, Yeah it's a great deal Can't beat that
1: Yeah win win Hey Joey thank you Don thank you You bet And we'll see y'all next time On Tennessee Wildcast
0: Thanks for tuning in